God's good, amen. As Gav was praying about and even as we sort of were singing about, we've been talking about the divine interruptions uh, in our life. And uh, this is actually a really appropriate topic for Mother's Day. Um, and, uh, and we'll be getting into that uh, here in a minute. But as we've looked at the interruptions and the unexpected moments um, in Jesus' life, and we think about those in our life, um, Jesus' reaction to people and, and the disruptions that happened around him, that helps us really, if, if we look at those things, to recognize God's sovereignty in everything. And that, and that word, God being sovereign, uh, really means uh, the supreme power, the ultimate authority, as God is, is that. He is the supreme power. He is the ultimate authority. And, and so knowing that, that also means that the interruptions that happen, that we perceive as interruptions, are not even interruptions to him at all, that they are divine appointments, because he is never surprised. Uh, he always has time. Uh, there's never something that happens that wasn't on his calendar or on his schedule, but we can be so structured sometimes, we don't even leave room for God in the things that are going on in our life and in, and in the way that things happen. We don't even leave room for God to move maybe in a different direction. And so we can learn a lot from these accidents. We can learn a lot from these divine appointments, from these interruptions for the glory of God, and we can actually find uh, his grace, and we can, find, um, we can find the divine interruptions that occur in our life if we've got our eyes up, if we've got our, our head up, if we've got our attention maybe focused a little more on him and a little less on our schedule, because they happen all the time, and I am just as guilty of this. But you know what? I, I miss being a kid. I don't know about you. Do you miss being a kid? For the, <laughs> yeah, I... What, what is it that you miss about being a kid, if you think about that? When I say that, I've gotten many amens in the room. And so, right, but what is it that you miss? Do you, do you feel maybe a little more or less hopeful? Do you feel a little more or less, say, happy-go-lucky now than when you were younger? I definitely miss it at, at times, which explains the Star Wars toys in my office. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, but... I could play wiffle ball till dark and it didn't matter, right? Other than when you couldn't see the ball anymore. Um, but even then, still keep playing because it didn't matter. But what I really miss are not the toys necessarily, because I still have a lot, but, <laughs> but the freedom. Honestly, I want you to really think about this for a second, because here's what I mean by that. The, the mental, emotional, and even spiritual freedom that we take for granted when we're a kid and recognize maybe how much we miss that when we're older. I miss the, the childlike faith that I had, the, the sky's the limit mentality, uh, the, the lack of responsibility, the, the, the time to just sit and dream and pretend. You just don't get as an adult. Truly though, it's that, I think it's that lack of awareness the lack of awareness, the, the blissful ignorance that you have. I was unaware of so much as a kid, and, and I don't just mean like the bills or morning traffic, but trends, opinions, um, what others think of me didn't necessarily matter as much. Letting people down wasn't in the same vein when you're a kid. Expectations and, and disappointments. Being interrupted by any of those things wasn't really a concern as much 
when I was a kid. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Uh, the Gospel of Mark chapter 10, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in there. Um, and uh, as you're turning there, or maybe uh, following along in the Bible app, if you uh, don't have the, the free Bible app by version, you can find uh, all of the notes right there uh, in the Bible app, as well as, you know, the Bible, um, which is great. And um, in Mark chapter 10, um, we see people uh, bringing children to Jesus. And very similar kind of look of maybe what happened just a few minutes ago with child dedication is people were bringing their kids to Jesus for a blessing, hoping that he would bless them. Oftentimes when people were bringing people to Jesus, it was for healing and for, you know, him to to heal and kind of fix their situation. This was a little bit different because they were bringing children to him just hoping for his, his blessing on them. And the disciples who were with him didn't react the best here. And I'd be willing to bet that a majority of us as adults, we probably would have acted in a very similar fashion. So let's read here in Mark chapter 10. Just a couple of verses today, but there's a whole lot in here for us. Mark chapter 10, 13 through 16 says this, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. So there's a lot to learn from this. But the kids were taking up Jesus' valuable time here. Right? They were taking up his time. What a waste, the disciples thought, right? You're just wasting Jesus' time. And this attitude is so strange, honestly, from them, because Jesus had already taught the disciples about how much he cared for the little ones in previous chapters. And so when Jesus realized what was going on here, he, it says he was indignant. And what that means is anger or annoyance at unfair treatment. Somebody being treated unfairly, and Jesus is angry slash annoyed at this. And this is the only time in the Gospels that this word is actually used in regards to Jesus' attitude towards something, is in this instance. See, Jesus is not put off by kids being kids. And as adults, sometimes we get put off by kids being kids. Moms... You are constantly interrupted. As we're talking about divine interruptions, you have no idea what privacy means. (laughs) If you've got little kids especially, you're like, what's privacy? I'm interrupted at all times. As I I mentioned last week, like, and I'm sure she's not the only one. My wife can't go to the bathroom without getting a knock on the door or be in the shower. And I mean, like, she's just never not interrupted. That's just life is being interrupted at all times. And moms for sure can get frustrated and get to their wits end, and I get it, because quite frankly, as, as a dad, and I think as a guy, we don't entirely understand all the things that are going on there. And I probably would have lost my mind by now if I had to do what she does. Um, but you know what else is awesome about moms in these regards? Because, yeah, they do lose it at at times. But they're also the first ones to understand 
that kids are being kids. Dads were not really the first one, or even just guys in general. We're not really the first ones to, to pick up on that, right? She understands that kids are just being kids. Now, they nurture and put up with way more than we realize, and way more than they'll ever get credit for, moms do. And it's such an incredible mirror of God with us. It's an incredible mirror of God with us, because sometimes... We are just kids being kids. And Jesus would be well within his rights to look at us and say, I don't have time for this. Straighten up, grow up, get your act together. And he would be well within his rights to say those things to us. But instead, what does the scripture say here? What does he do? With arms wide open, invites us in and loves us where we are. But, but he loves us too much to let us stay there. When we quarantine children sometimes in our grown-up lives and we make sure that they aren't inconveniencing us or interrupting us, we can miss out. We can miss out. We, we ought to be humble enough to recognize that we can learn from them. And sometimes God wants to show us things from kids and from our kids. Have you ever had God teach you a really valuable lesson from a kid? Or from your kids? Boy, I have many. God has a funny way sometimes. Um, remember a few years ago, I was in my office, uh, which is in the basement, and uh, my two oldest boys, one of them was singing here earlier, um, they were probably playing Fortnite, something along those lines, in the basement um, right outside of my office. Probably didn't realize I was in there. And um, as you do when you play Fortnite, you get into arguments. And, uh, and so they got into an argument, uh, the two of them, and I was just out of sight and I was waiting for the right moment to kind of step in and, you know, be dad. And I heard Gavin say something to Lincoln that he said in anger that he had heard me say in anger just maybe like a week before, if that. And it broke my heart. And, buddy, it's okay. But I stepped in, in that moment. I set them straight. But the first thing I did was I sat them down and I apologized. And I apologized to both boys for my poor example in the past. Because I have to do better. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Paul says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. We see the example that we should be following here. We need to imitate Christ in every aspect of our lives because we are examples to those around us. And if my kids are going to imitate me, either on purpose or indirectly, then I need to be imitating Jesus much more often. A poet, playwright, and social critic named James Baldwin said this. Young people often fail to listen to their elders, but they never fail to imitate them. Yeah, if that doesn't hit you in the gut. Children are messy. Children are messy people, no doubt. But unlike adults, they haven't yet developed the skills to mask their own messiness for the approval and acceptance of others. 
As adults, we've gotten a little too good at that. And this is why Jesus invites us to be like the children as we approach him. To let go of the, of the control that we think we have, we really don't. And to depend on him entirely to meet us right where we are. See, children do not hinder the work of God. Children don't hinder the work of God. If they did, none of us would be used of God. Because we are all still messy children as we approach the Lord in the same way, shape, or form. To approach, boldly approach the throne of grace, you have to do that as a child. Kids, they should be a welcome interruption into every believer's life and, and a model of faith and joy if we're, if we're really willing to look at it that way. See, when we recognize that God's work isn't interrupted by children coming to him, Jesus loves them right where they are. But just like he loves you and me right where we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay there. He allows children to interrupt his ministry in this moment. You know why? Because in this moment, they are his ministry. They were his ministry in that moment, and they still are. See, interruptions can, can sometimes be blessings in disguise. They can be blessing, blessings in disguise, especially from kids. Especially from kids. We may have our own plans and our own priorities, but sometimes God has other things in mind for us. And if we're open to the interruptions, if we're open to the interruptions, then we can learn some important lessons as we experience really some unexpected blessings from God. Gives us an opportunity to maybe show kindness and compassion in, in spots that we wouldn't have even thought to. Because maybe we're approaching from a little more of a childlike faith, even when it might be inconvenient and it might be disruptive. To our plans, it may not be on, on the calendar. You maybe didn't have it plugged in. Listen, if anybody knows what it's like to live by the calendar, it's me. If it's not on my iCal on my phone, I don't do it, right? Or I'll forget. So I get that. But how often are we leaving margin for God to maybe do some things? Kids can be selfish, no doubt. No doubt kids can be selfish, but so can we. We can definitely be selfish. But kids can also be so selfless. Kids can be so selfless when they are empowered and encouraged in the right way, especially when they feel like they're making a difference. I've seen it time and time again, not just as a youth pastor, but even just in this last week. This past Saturday, my sister and I threw a 50th uh, wedding anniversary party uh, for our parents uh, over in the multipurpose center, and, and it was great. And while we were setting up, um, my sister brought... Um, her, her daughter, Kenley, she is free. Um, and she was there helping us set up, right? Now, Kenley can't move tables. She can't set up chairs. Um, in fact, she couldn't even reach the counter um, because she's like this big and the counter's, you know, up here. But she wanted to help us um, with filling some, uh, um, some pitchers of ice water for each table. And now, did it take us three times as long because Kenley was helping? Yeah. Yeah, it did. It didn't matter, though, because she wanted to help with Momo's party. And yes, those pictures were like this big to her. 
and all she was doing was somebody would fill them up at the sink. In fact, I think Joanne was, and then she'd hand it to her and still hold it. And Kenley's like, you know, and putting it on the counter and then we'd take it out. And it wasn't that big a deal. And it, yeah, it took a lot longer, but we didn't care. And you know why? Because she was helping with Mama's party. And because it was important to her and it was a blessing to actually watch her little face and know that she helped and that she was a part of that. And it teaches you a whole lot of little things and a whole lot of amazing things and some perspective gets put in your, in your mind that maybe you wouldn't get any other way other than seeing a cute little girl to help move some pitchers of water that she could probably fit in. Um, but you know, ultimately the interruptions or the perceived interruptions that we see, they can help us grow and they can help us grow in our faith and they can deepen our relationship with God, which is why Jesus says in verse 15 this. He says, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So what's he really saying here? What's he really getting down to? We think we know better. Way too often we think we know better. Not only do we think we know better, but we're already closed off to it because we're not even willing or making margin for God to interrupt our lives. For some of us, today was an interruption in our life to actually be here. This, this might be, a, you know, first time to church in a, in a long, long time for some, for some of us, which, cool, I'm so glad that you're here with us and you've joined us. And, and maybe this interruption in your day is actually exactly what God wanted you to hear. That these moments, that these times that we're here together, that is, certainly could be looked at as an interruption, Jesus interrupts here with a bit of a paradox, quite frankly, because adults must become children to enter the kingdom of God. What's he really saying here? Does not mean to be childish. We got enough adults that are childish in this world, right? It means childlike. There's a difference. This, this mentality, this, this heart, this perspective of being a little more childlike as we approach God. You know, a really amazing childlike characteristic that I believe God is getting to and that Jesus was really speaking to when he was talking about this is this one word, trust. Trust. Here's what I mean by that. Little kids, they don't, or at least they shouldn't have to, ask if there's going to be food in the fridge next week. I think they think it just magically shows up, right? But there's a level of trust in mom and dad and, or whoever is their caretaker. They have absolute confidence that at dinner time, there's going to be food to eat. Children, they can't explain a lot, but they definitely enjoy a lot. They enjoy a lot. And adults, adults on the other hand, we want to explain everything. We want to explain everything. And we enjoy very, very little because of that. The way of the kingdom is not the way of explaining. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not good reasons for faith and to just blindly accept blah, blah, blah. If that's what you're hearing, you're not, you're not understanding where I'm going with this because there are definite good reasons and evidence for faith and we should ask those questions and be into that and, and, and into seeing what those things are. But when it comes to approaching God, 
And when it comes to the, to the way in which we go to God, if we're, if we're thinking that we're going to sit and explain to God the way that things should go, boy, are you in for it. Because that's not, that's not the way we can approach the God. The way of the kingdom is not explaining. It's enjoying and trusting that our Father will see us through and that he'll provide for us and that he will never give up on us. Because that, that's our Heavenly Father. And that is a mirror that is a mirror of, of motherly love. And so the connection point for the day is this. To embrace the interruptions with a childlike faith. Embrace the interruptions of God with a childlike faith because God is in control. God is in control. You're not. You can maybe control some little bits and pieces of what's going on, but it's only because of God's grace and what he's given to you. Ultimately, he, he is in control. So we should be approaching the throne of grace with a God or with a childlike faith. Jesus welcomes us as his children. And he encourages us to come to the kingdom with a childlike faith. You don't have to have everything figured out to fall into the arms of Jesus. And if you think you do, then you're never going to fall into the arms of Jesus. If you think you have to have everything figured out or that he's got to answer every single one of your questions. And when we put away our rebukes and we fall into the arms of Jesus, we see the world with so much more joy. Again, it, and I'm not saying check your brain at the door. What I'm saying is trust God to be God. Because when we recognize that he is our father, we also recognize that the responsibility is his. So let me put it this way. Obedience. Obedience is our responsibility. The results, the results are his. So leave the results at the feet of Jesus. Will you bow your heads with me? Approaching God with a childlike faith is not an easy thing for an adult to do, especially in the world in which we live. Yes, we should ask our questions. Absolutely, there are some important questions to ask about faith, but there's also a level of trust. And maybe what you need to do is trust him first and get your questions answered later because I'm wondering if maybe some of, some of the questions and some of the things that have been keeping you from God have to do with you putting a little too much of your adult brain on and not enough of your kid's brain on because God is God and his ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Just look at creation. Look at the world around us. I know my brain doesn't have the capacity to get my head around all of it. And the creator of this world, the creator of this universe, loves you the most. People are his favorite thing. If you don't have a relationship with him, if you don't know for sure that you're going to be with him in heaven one day, I wonder if today, Mother's Day, might be the day for you to get that right. Yeah, to maybe get a couple of your questions answered for sure. But to just approach God with a childlike faith and fall into his arms and let him worry about the results. If you want to know more about that, if you want to pray with someone, we've got people in yellow lanyards that are scattered throughout that 
they would love to talk with you and pray with you. You could come find me after the service. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you. And the altar is always open up here. You could even come forward and pray if you, if you feel led. Jesus, I love you. I thank you so much that you want us to approach you with a childlike faith. Lord, we think we know so much. Our brains get in our way so often. God, help us to, to really just fall into your arms. Lord, I believe that there may be some here or watching online that have never put their trust in you because of one thing or another. And I wonder if today, maybe, Lord, you've sort of removed that. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move and that if there is someone here who doesn't have that full confidence that they're going to be with you forever, that today they would, they would admit that they're a sinner. They would admit that they can't do it on their own, Lord, that they would believe that you are who you say you are, that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day to give us eternal life, Lord, and that we can, all we have to do is receive that free gift to know for sure we're going to be with you one day and, and we can figure out the rest. Holy Spirit, I pray you would just continue to move through this place. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.